All right, guys, this is Greg Collins, Substitute Teachers Lounge. This week, we'll be talking about more new ideas to fill in for that class time at the end of class when you're subbing. We'll also talk about how my kids have been handling their mask breaks, and it's fall break already. Let's talk about it. Well, it's been an intense few weeks, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. We are now in our area moving into fall break, so I've got lots of stories to share with what we've done so far. If you'll recall, we've been, we started out, we're teaching everybody virtually. Then we went to a system where half of the kids came in one day and half the next, but they were taking classes both days. One day virtually, one day in the classroom. And for the teacher, that meant that inside the classroom for every hour and a half period, extended periods, we were teaching both in the classroom and on the screen at the same time. So classmates could see each other on the screen. Basically, half of the class was in the room and half of the class was home, and that helped us social distance beyond that. But... Fall break is this week, and after we come back, all the kids will be in the classroom. Hopefully, if nothing happens between now and then, our area is down to yellow status, and we're permitted to do that. So it is, if you're listening to this future year, I'm sorry, it's 2020. We're still tackling the COVID thing, and we are going down into yellow status. So that's a good thing. I wanted to mention to you that... What we've been trying to do in our classroom, our schools are set up with the requirement that students have their mask on all the time inside the school building unless they're eating their lunch. What we've been doing is walking our students over to pick up their lunch from the cafeteria, and instead of eating there as a large group, we've been coming back to the classroom. And then typically we're doing that in a what we're calling a flex period. It's, it's essentially a study hall slash lunchtime, and we're also permitted to go out and give them what we'll call mask breaks. And that's so that they can go outside, distance themselves enough so that they can take their mask off. Actually, you know, do a little recreation, sort of like the old-fashioned recess, at least for middle school. Recess typically stops in the fifth grade, but we've been doing that for our middle schoolers, and it's worked out pretty well. It's funny, we've actually had some comical stories to share from mass break time and flex time and My particular group that I have is sixth graders, a lot of the middle schoolers, of course, that also do it are seventh and eighth graders, and we'll go outside. It just so happens that in my class, I've got several gymnastic girls, so they're out on the grass turning flips. We've had issues, everything from split pants to to getting grass stain on clothing, and of course, we have to deal with that, but it has really gone real well. You know, it's, it's funny how much, and you've heard me talk about this before, of, of encouraging you to get out and be a part of their extracurricular activities. But in this case, we're just going out for essentially a glorified recess, a mask break for maybe 15 minutes. And 
it's an incredible way to bond with those kids. You don't get an opportunity too often to talk to them personally. And what I like is that I've at least established their trust enough that they're coming up and sharing personal stories, and they love it when they when I share mine with them, whether it's in the classroom or outside. One of them challenged me to a race. I thought that was funny. I knew I was going to bail out after about five steps. I might have been able to stay with them, but I do know when I accelerate at my age, my coordination drops quite a bit if I'm trying to outrun somebody. So I'm not sure how many times I'll let them challenge me like that again. But we really have fun. They've, You know, it's funny how you see personalities of kids when they're outside. You've got the organizers, the ones that say to the other kids, all right, why don't we try doing this and this and this for this time period? You know, the ones that keep things organized. And then you've got the, you know, the challengers, I guess I should call them, who will, the ones that will actually accept any challenge. That's the kind of students I'm talking about. It doesn't matter what one of the students tells to them, they're going to try it. It doesn't matter how long the run is, how many flips it is, they're going to give it a shot. You know, and I really, you know, you have to watch when that's going on. Although I remember back in my day, we went out and played a lot of rough games at recess. We're a little bit different. We're a little bit more apprehensive about doing that these days, but they've done it. They've had a good time for recess. You've got the people out there that are pretty much just going to stand around and watch the others participate. So it's funny how it's almost like piece of life out there because you've got every different type of personality, the quiet ones, the ones that want attention, the ones that like to talk. I know you can guess which one of those I fall into. And, you know, just just the ones that want to be challenged with mental questions so that they can show off their intelligence a little bit. So it's kind of cool to watch all of those different personalities on mass break and have some fun with that. So I'm thankful for that. I know we could get philosophical here, but I'm one of those that thinks that book education is good, but learning how to interact with each other in social environments, that can certainly help our children in the future as well. So I'm thankful that we have those situations where we can enjoy each other's company, learn from each other, both socially and mentally. You know, it's funny, my classes have now developed. I've seen the competitors in class because when we, when we, you know, add some fun to what we're learning, like through a Kahoot or whatever we're doing, all of a sudden the competition level goes up. You can already see in each of my classes the ones that, in a nice way, challenge each other and do a little friendly trash talking to each other like you know you're going down on this next question and we've really had so much fun with that that I'm thankful that we've gotten to do that so it's been a great I guess it's been you know we just turned in grades for nine weeks and had a week after that so I guess we've already taught 10 weeks but we have yet to get all the kids back in the building at the same time I'll remind you what we're doing at least in my area of Kentucky, and even that varies around, and I'll share some of the things going on around the state as well. We, as I said, we're going to drop to yellow status, unless help, help heaven forbid, something changes negatively between now and, and a week from now, basically, but we'll have all our students back. We at first told them that 
they weren't going to be allowed to have backpacks because we were worried about the backpacks setting around in the COVID environment, getting left behind, and then each other touching each other's backpacks. And and we were a little bit concerned about that. And we weren't going to let them use lockers just because we didn't want the congregating group that you normally get in a locker system. I mean, I've seen I've seen some schools that are basically shoulder to shoulder and bumping when they're putting, you know, everybody's putting things in lockers at the same time. So we're not doing that. No lockers this year, no lockers, but we did backtrack on the backpacks. We're letting them have backpacks. And the main reason is that it makes it easier for us if they are all bringing their own devices. Some have their own devices they like to bring from home that they've gotten used to working with. Some have borrowed Chromebooks from the school that we're allowing them to take home and do their virtual classes and bring to class. And, you know, it's actually gone better than we were expecting to because, you know, we're used to having carts of Chromebooks in the classrooms or computers in the classrooms and we were concerned, but we had a, a great logout system. We know what Chromebook numbers are at what homes, and it's worked out really well. I'm, I, I was shocked. They they had about, oh, about 10 Chromebooks they gave me for when the students came back, and I really only used three a day because all of the students have done a good job of planning their time, bringing in their Chromebooks. So that's what we've been up doing up to this point. I will tell you, some of the things I'm going to share with you about filling in class time today, I am so thankful that we are soon going to be back in the classroom because it was obvious as much fun as a lot of the students have had with what I'm getting ready to share with you. It just wasn't the same if it was your turn to stay home and learn virtually. It just didn't go as well as it did for the kids that are in the classroom. Now, I know there's a district right next to ours that may actually stay out of the classroom until December for their COVID situation, a little bit bigger city environment. So there's more people in that area, and obviously population-wise, and there's a university in the area. So that contributes to their status being a little bit higher than ours And, you know, you count your blessings. I hate it for them. I will tell you, some of the volleyball matches I've done have have, have scheduled to be done have been canceled because schools were nervous about inviting in a school who is from a red COVID zone, even though that status was probably mainly because the county had a university in it, and that's where most of their cases were coming from. So, little bit unfair to the girls, but at the same time, it's something those schools had to do. So with that in mind, our situation is that we can come back right away. We're in yellow status. We're in good shape. I've got my tables arranged, like I told you, so that they're, for the most part, six feet apart. But even if it's only five feet apart, they are required to wear their mask all day. So we want to keep those students safe. That's the main emphasis here. One thing that I like specifically about my current situation, I have got one, even though I'm a full-time substitute, I have got one sixth grade math class. I've got two seventh grade math classes, and I actually have two seventh grade computer applications classes. More of a thing about teaching them about computers. So 
The ideas I'm going to share with you today about filling in that time, sometimes when you're a substitute teacher or a teacher that's looking for how to kill maybe the last 10 to 15 minutes of class. I mentioned to you, by the way, that our classes are now an hour and a half long, so we don't have to move the students as often. So, you know, it's hard to go an hour and a half at the same thing and, you know, that long on one item. So, you need some fill time, and you can't just play Kahoot every day. As much as my kids love it, they love it when I throw one up there. It's not one of those kind of things that you can't get burned out on. You can get burned out on that too, so you don't want to do it too much. I will tell you this, and I haven't told my students yet, but I know they're going to enjoy it. One of the things I'm going to share with them in the computer applications class that you might try in class sometimes because it's so easy to get to the site is to let them design their own Kahoot quiz. I'm going to let them do it on any topic they want, things that they really like. I'm going to show them how to design questions, how to set up time limits, how to play the game. And then I'll pick a few of those. You know, it's one of those kind of things I don't really want to show favorites or for that matter, even express too strongly that I'm going to choose what I think is the best one because that tends to backfire because you disappoint more students than you reward. No, I am not a participation trophy kind of guy, but I still don't want to, if a kid has worked on something so hard and they just know you're going to pick theirs and they did a good effort, sometimes it's kind of demotivating not to pick them. So I'll probably pick some of their finished items at random, but that's one of the things I'm going to teach them for filling in time is how to design their own Kahoot, and then we'll play it as a class, and I think that is going to be fun. Of course, you have to be careful. You'll have to glance through it. There is a way in Kahoot when you go in there to see all the questions in advance of the time that you actually take, you know, start playing the game. So you can review those, make sure there's nothing in there that... Not so much things that they shouldn't be looking at, but even types of discussions that tend to be heated and maybe not be totally appropriate for a classroom, at least at a elementary school and maybe even middle school level. Sometimes you'll you'll have more, you know, controversial topics at high school. But you just want to make sure that you look that and look at that and make sure they're not doing anything out of the ordinary that you don't want to share with other classmates. But that's one of the things I'm going to do when we get back to school for that computer applications class. Let me tell you what went over, I'll say fantastically, this last week, so much so that I heard a lot of them as they leave the classroom talk about, I'm going to work on mine more tonight. Now, how often do you hear that? But, you know, it was just a matter of, of doing something creative for them. And here's what it was. I started first uh, two weeks ago, what we started with. And I touched on this a little bit in the past, but I go into a couple more details. Then I'll tell you the one that we just introduced this last week was a lot of fun. Uh, we did, if you go to slides.google.com, they loved putting together their own rooms, dragging images into that and sharing it with me. I picked one for some chocolate. And I, in that case, I didn't feel so bad to pick one because everybody did a great job, but the one that personalized theirs the most, those are the ones that I picked. So that was on slides.google.com. 
We also went to sheets.google.com. And you know I'm a retired accountant, so I am familiar with how to use worksheet files. So they really enjoyed learning the shortcuts of dragging a formula from one cell to another and how they were relational so that if you drug a total formula from one cell to the next column over, it actually would then total up that column. It wouldn't give you the same total as the last column. It would change it for the current column you're in. So just teaching them things like that. And the way we personalized it, I told them I wanted them to create their own business. And they would measure income and outcome and and how much money they make, and they would give it a name, and we would talk about marketing expenses and little tricks of the trade like sharing formulas other than the summation problems. We, I would talk, show them how to look in a cell and see whether it had a formula, formula in it or if it was just a couple of numbers that you typed in. So they enjoyed that too. But probably the thing we enjoyed most in this computer applications class, and knowing this now since... After this year is over, I'll be, I assume I'll be going back to the traditional type of substitute teaching where I'm at a different school a lot of times every day of the week. This is something that's really cool to run them through if you have extra time, especially with a class that you're going to see often. I can guarantee you once they get started with this, They will be looking forward to it the next time you come back. They'll be asking you when you walk in the door, can we work on this some more? And that is always a great sign. But I will tell you that before I tell you the exact thing that I'm talking about, it's interesting something I observed. You have heard me say how much I like Khan Academy, and it's true I have found in my case, there's a lot of uh, teachers that use Khan Academy for a lot of grading type situations. I tend to use it more as just instructional tools to show them how to do something. And then I will design my own quizzes and that type of thing rather than using the quizzes in Khan Academy, at least for a grade. I'll let them take the Khan Academy quizzes to test themselves, but I don't really use it as much for a grade. I use my own for that, but I'm using both Khan Academy. But it was interesting to me because I said, all right, guys, We are going to learn how to computer code today. The particular language we were using, for those of you out there that are familiar with it, was JavaScript. So I said, we're going to learn it from Khan Academy. And I could just kind of see they were looking forward to it. And when they heard Khan Academy, just for a few seconds, I could see the grimaces. And all of a sudden, it wasn't that they didn't learn from Khan Academy They had just been hit with it so hard and by so many classes. I was a little bit surprised that they had that kind of reaction. It wasn't every student in the class, but it was definitely some of them. But then when I showed them what I was going to go through in their class, they really enjoyed it and they were was glad it was there. And as you could probably tell, I just paused my recording for a few seconds so I could actually pull that up. I assume my voice is probably at a different, little bit different pace now. But I wanted to pull up the exact file that we use in Khan Academy. If you go to Khan Academy, type in Hour of Code. That is what this program is called. Now, we spent an hour and a half. The great thing about it is... 
they can go at their own pace. Even though I played some of the videos for them, I played the videos and we watched it together and they really liked that. And then I went in and drew some of mine. I made some mistakes on purpose so that we could see how those could be corrected. But the very first opening video as part of this, what you'll do is when you pull it up, it's got Hour of Code. You'll see in the left sidebar about 20 different things that they can go through in this hour. And it, it works out well because once you click one of those, it'll check mark it the student themselves, you would want to send them the link so that they could do it individually and it checks off the items as they go. For instance, the first thing you do is watch a video called Welcome to Our Hour of Code. And they really make it kind of interesting because, you know, they point out how great it is or, you know, how much the coding is in need these days. And it might be a career path that these students want to do. And in fact, even in seventh grade, some of them already know a little bit about coding. Not everyone, the, the minority and probably maybe 10 percent of the class know about it. But it was interesting. Some of these students that you know, maybe they have to study a little bit harder for math classes or science classes or reading or something like that. They adapted to this code, and I could tell right away. I told them from the beginning, listen, don't wait on me to go to the next step. If you feel you are ready, go for it. And a lot of them did, and it was just amazing how much they did. Seventh grade level on their own, some of the stuff was just beautiful, but their very first hour of coding video has a little Pac-Man screen on it. They said, you can learn how to do coding, maybe design video games someday. As you know, there is a big demand for video games, computer games, streaming games now. I mean, all kinds of platforms. But we watched that video. Then there was, after the video, there was an instructional sheet to give them extra information about coding. Then they went into another video about how to make drawings and to paraphrase as quickly as I can so that this podcast doesn't end up being an hour long. It showed you how to use coding commands such as ellipse to draw a circle, how you could click the numbers inside the coding brackets and easily drag a number slider to automatically look at how it changes the shape of what you just coded. There was a rect, R-E-C-T for short for rectangle command that did the same thing. The numbers would be so far to the left of your sheet, so far to the right of your sheet, computer sheet, of course, up and down, wider, flat, skinny, or, or you know, uh, fatter, all those kind of things. They, you know, they called it number scrubbing rather than having to guess it. You could guess at the numbers right away, but then you could just double click the number and drag the slider and it would change so easily for them. So then it's got a challenge on there where you can create a snowman. And that's a good thing to start with because it's basically three circles on top of each other. Then it showed you how to draw more shapes, the rectangles. It showed you how to create lines. It showed you how to color with code and how when you type in certain commands like background, background refers to the color in the back, fill, F-I-L-L, -L, recurs in whatever you are 
coloring the inside of what you were creating, anything that appears after that code, how to pick colors, how to drag those sliders and change your colors, looking at color mats and color charts and picking out what you want. Then it took them, you know, it advanced them a little bit on each screen, how to do a sunny, snowy day, how to use documentation so that when you went back, you knew exactly that you could type in the word face and everything after that was how you drew a face and it would remind you when you went back. And then at the end, they were able to pick out projects such as a super snowman, a wild animal, and or a self-portrait. And, you know, even though that might sound complicated now to do computer code, within an hour, they were doing that. And, you know, the next thing I plan on doing is creating web pages. So we really had a great time with that. Some of the kids created really fancy. In fact, the, the person that probably knew more about coding coming in than any of the rest of them, he showed how he could actually change the way a Google screen was set up, the welcome screen to actually change what his Google screen looked like. Now, the instant you closed it, it was gone. But it was interesting that he knew enough about that that he could do that. So I would recommend, especially if you're a teacher or a substitute teacher that's going to recur in the same class from time to time, Hour of Coding in Khan Academy is a great tool to use in bits and pieces. 10 minutes today, 10 minutes tomorrow, until you've had them maybe six or seven times and you've gotten through this whole program. So that's the real tool I wanted to share today, Hour of Coding in Khan Academy. It's been a great 10 weeks. I hope you're making progress in your school area. I know there's a lot of you still out there suffering with the COVID environment, whether that's with personal family members, and my thoughts are with you if you're if you're in that situation. We are thankful that none of the students that have come into our classroom has ever, not only have they not contracted COVID symptoms, they've never run a temperature, and we're doing temperature checks every day, of course, as we are with all of our teachers, including myself. So, That's it for today. I would encourage you to be as creative as possible. Make it fun for these kids. They've been through just as much as we have. You know, we were stuck in our homes there for a couple of months, but so were the kids. And it was so important for the kids that it was maybe even more important for the kids because they didn't get to see their friends, even if they could visit them over the summer in normal situations. They got shut out. They didn't get to see them. So it's great for them to see them as they go back into the classroom. So I am looking forward to plan during this next week. I'll have some enjoyment too. Volleyball season is still going on, so I've got a lot of that going on. But I look forward to planning what we're going to do when we get back in total. I'll probably have 15 to 20 students in my classroom instead of the 10 to 12 that I've, I've had the past couple of weeks when we kind of had a hybrid version. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed talking about Hour of Coding. I tell you what, go right now if you've got time and look at that. You're going to have fun yourself doing Hour of Coding. Like I said, it went over better inside the classroom than it did virtually. But if you're doing it at home, you're really going to enjoy it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week on Substitute Teacher's Lounge.
music provided by Ben Sound.